Beep, 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 beep. All right. Just making sure gain's good. Is the gain good? Gain's is good. <laughs> Fucking gain's. You, right now, are looking like the opposite of gains. What are you talking about? You're looking slim. Oh. Slimmer. Oh, nice. Damn it. <laughs> but you're trying to. No, I'm trying to be slimmer. Like, I'm not 240 pounds anymore. I'm coming after Tony. Pretty soon I'm going to be doing little titty dances back at him when he fucking sits there that stupid look on his face and he's like, <clears throat> I'm coming for him. I'm doing it. Um, my titties are going to dance. Booby dances. Booby dances. Is titty too offensive? Where are the boobies? A lot of dudes. Welcome to Almost Agreeable. Almost Agreeable. With your hosts, Chris Nellison and Ed Harris. Hang around and listen to opinions on sports, Sports. movies, Movies. music, music, and whatever else pops in our head. Welcome back to another episode of the Almost Agreeable Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. With me, as always, is Ed. And we have a guest in the studio, quote-unquote. Stu- we'll call it a studio. Call it a studio. I like to call it an office, because I fucking work in here a lot. You don't work. I work. Anyways, guest with us today. Let's welcome Andrew to the show. Andrew has been, I want to preface this before he introduces himself, but the three of us go back to debauchery and savagery days of our mid-20s. I don't know. Just establishing we go way back. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, well, like Chris said, I'm Andrew. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I can't really follow up that introduction because we go way back. We had a lot of fun. Roommates for many, many years. And uh, it's fun to do little uh, projects like this with you guys. It is fun. Like, we've been wanting to get you on for a while, but you hate us, so... No, no, not exactly. No, that's... that's not like, this is what happens exactly. I'm going to give you the rundown. It goes like this. Andrew, you want to be on the podcast? And he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, okay. Uh, that's what happens. No, the last time there was a blizzard, but... <laughs> there was a fucking blizzard. There yeah. was a blizzard. But yeah, happy to be here. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Sweet. So today we'll be continuing our foray into Star Wars, right? We've went over the prequel trilogy, we've gone over the sequel trilogy, not in that order, obviously. And today we're going to talk about not part of a trilogy, but one of the standalone films that's come out since it's been under the umbrella of Disney. And that, of course, is probably the only good movie Disney's come out with as far as Star Wars is concerned, and that's Rogue One. I just made a controversial statement. Where do you guys stand on it? I don't think it's that controversial, but... I don't think it's 100% accurate because Solo is, you know, this isn't going to be an episode about Solo, but Solo is like, it's like a six and a half. It's not bad. Out of of ten. It's not good. I'd watch it again. I have watched it multiple times, but like, it's okay. Our producer hasn't seen it, so I'm going to watch it again when when she wants to watch it. Very good. So I'll watch it again. What do you think of Solo? Solo? Yeah. I loved... Watching Solo in theaters, and then when I came and told people that I liked it, I got a lot of backlash. And like, wait, 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 are you sure you watched the same movie? <laughs> so I went back and watched it a couple more times, and I was like, oh, I do see some plot holes here that I missed. But overall, I it was enjoyable to watch. I enjoyed it. I, I saw it when we were in, uh, we were we were out of the country. Yeah, I definitely 
was the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, this is the shit. Like, this is so good. And then watching it again, I was like, yeah, it's not, like, as good as I thought it was, but it's still pretty solid. And I think, I don't know that actor's name even, but he did the best job that I think anybody could at being Han Solo and not trying to be Harrison Ford. I agree. I saw a meme. Well, it wasn't actually a meme, but it was, like, an appreciation post on a Star Wars subreddit. It was like, can we appreciate... Insert actor's name because I also don't know it. <laughs> uh, trying, you know, doing a great job being Han Solo and not Harrison Ford, which which is great. Now, gonna steer right back into the and topic. Th- that's all. That's all the talk. That's all the solo talk we need. We're not gonna have a whole episode about. No, solo. we won't have an episode that's, about uh, solo. We did it. That's our solo that's episode. So yeah, okay, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Just kidding. <laughs> Rogue One, though, I think maybe opposite reactions of of what we just talked about with Solo. Right, so Rogue One, when it first was like rumored to be in production and all that stuff, what are you guys thinking? Like, take yourselves back to a time before it's out, and just kind of talk to me like your feelings initially of like, okay, this is not a trilogy, part of the trilogy or the saga of Skywalker. It's supposed to be a standalone. What are your thoughts in that moment? Wasn't that one of? Wasn't that one of Disney's first, if not their actual first project on Star Wars? I think Force Awakens came out that's, first. That's what Did I was going to ask. I wasn't sure which one came out first. But that's, I think, it's probably a good thing to look up. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, The Force Awakens that came out first. So, I remember when we went, we went and saw Force Awakens. Yeah. You remember that? That, yeah. was, that was pretty fun. Oh, we're um, also pretending that they don't exist. What do you mean? <laughs> we're pretending that the sequels don't exist. Oh. Yeah. Like, it was like we've talked about our full six Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. our main, our two trilogies, only two trilogies. Those are the only ones that exist. And I, you know, I, I love that. I'm on board. Wonder- but go ahead and talk about what you were going to say with, with Force Awakens. I just well, want to establish that that's the running gag. <laughs> so Ed and I went and saw Force Awakens, and it was it was pretty good, but at the same time, I was a little nervous to see the direction Star Wars was going with Disney. So, hearing about Rogue One coming out, I was a little apprehensive about it at first. And then, I, I did think it was cool that they were trying to connect the prequels and episode 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. And then after seeing it, I was completely blown away, and I thought, I still think to this day that it's the, in my opinion, second best Star Wars movie ever. I would, I can't even say that I disagree with that, just because obviously my number one always will be Empire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then... It's too easy. Too yes. easy. Like, so good. Yeah, as far as Rogue One goes, because it was different, right? There wasn't random Skywalkers running around. Well, there was a random Skywalker. Not random at all. There was a Skywalker at the very end. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, it's been out for six years, five years, same thing. If you, I'm fucking gonna say spoilers. Mm-hmm. Anyways. If you're listening to this, you, you see the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. And like you said, like, that kind of bridge, uh, in between trilogies, mm-hmm. it, I, I love the concept of that being a standalone, kind of bridging, and it kind of plays along, like, right into some of the series that I've talked about many times on this show, as far as Clone Wars and Rebels. But with Rogue One, you get that kind of power you don't get with those TV series. Because, one, they're cartoons. This is a, a Hollywood fucking budget. And, and it has to do with, with characters you're familiar with. And characters you're not. Introduces new characters that, let's be real, they die. 
and you get attached and it was like oh fuck it gives you the rawness of that star wars that you never got to see because everyone's protected by plot armor well that's that's the thing i was going to say it, it shows the grittiness of this imperial war machine and it's just like oh okay these these it's not just people you know with powers that are just making things then work these these are just people trying to get by right i mean look at the city of, of jeddah where they're harvesting the kyber crystals for the Death Star. And like just like to see, you know, these other locations within the Star Wars universe that we don't get to see a whole lot in the prequels and original trilogy. And no, every everyday normal people of this galaxy. So grittiness is a great word, you said it. Raw is another word you can describe it. And I like that. Like that aspect is where it's like you have people that aren't fucking Jedi's, that aren't fucking Sith. They are not Mandalorians. There's more people than the Skywalker family in the galaxy. Yes, or Solo. Yeah. yeah. And I really thought that the directors and creators of the movie did a fantastic job of taking less than two hours to introduce new characters, making you love the characters, and then, even though they all died in the end, like you were like, you know, these these were the heroes. They were. Yeah. The, the unsung heroes. Right. Yeah. It's like when you hear, like, in Return of the Jedi, when Mon Mothma's like, a lot of Bothans died to bring us this information. It's like, okay, what the fuck is a Bothan? What the fuck is a Bothan? Yeah. Who, who's Bothan? Yeah, but in this, these weren't Bothans. These were people that did die to bring us this information. Like, you think about everything that happens in A New Hope as far as the Death Star plans with R2 taking him to Tatooine, trying to get him to Kenobi, then eventually getting him to Luke and blah, 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 blah. All starts with what happened in Rogue One. And like you said, they all fucking die. And we get introduced to maybe, like, everyone's new favorite droid. I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously, R2 is, like, in the upper echelon of droids <laughs> in this whole fucking saga. But K2 is just... He's nice. A really good comic relief in, in the movie. It was really balanced. One of my favorite GIF templates came from that, where it's, like... Where he, like, rescues her, and he's, like... Don't resist. You're being rescued. <laughs> yeah, you're being rescued. <laughs> Please do not resist. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool to... I actually, when you told me to watch Rogue One, because we were going to talk about it, after watching it, I, a few hours later, rolled right into 4, 5, and 6, the original trilogy. And it's cool to watch those knowing what you know that was brought to you with, yeah. with the Rogue One crew. Right. And, like, it kind of fixes a huge plot hole, if you will. That everyone was like, how is this thermal exhaust port just there? And they were able to get it. It's like, well... Motherfucker, watch Rogue One, because then you find out that this dude designed that flaw yeah. for this purpose. But it also opens up a little of a plot hole, and this is me being nitpicky. There's like a part in for or New Hope when Vader's like telling Princess Leia she's a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor, and she's like, I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. He's like, bitch, did you not see Rogue One? I saw the plans go to your ship. I saw, I synced it. I was just there. I, <laughs> I saw a bunch of rebels that was protecting your ship. And not to mention, quite possibly, the best Darth Vader cinematic scene ever. Man. Man. I figured y'all would leave time to talk about that, because oh. it is the best Darth Vader We could Vader use scene. the rest of the fucking time oh on the episode gosh. to talk yeah. about that scene. So we good. This is the Vader that everyone wanted, right? Because you're thinking about when 4, 5, and 6 were made, 77, 80, and 83, right? Yeah. So, technology obviously is not where it is now. And you now you can get shit like this. And this is why people see a snippet. That that scene is maybe 30 seconds. It's, it's not much. It's not a lot. But this is why people are clamoring for like, can we have a Darth Vader series where he's hunting mm -hmm. down the rest of the Jedi? And the answer is, yes, can we can we please fucking have that? Mm -hmm. We never will. I don't I don't want it. 
You don't want I it. I don't want it. I do. I want it. I, I, I could have watched a whole movie I, of him just running through people like I don't that. want it. They're right. not. It's not going to be done right. What is it? Okay, how would you do it? It won't be done right. Well, how would you do it to do it right? Would it be rated R? It would have to they be. They can't do it right. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess with Disney, they He's would. He's no, literally no, no, going no. around to hunt down Jedi. Yeah, but we can keep it PG-13 because when you use a lightsaber, it instantly cauterizes. Yeah. No blood. You're good. Slice them up. No blood, bro. Slice them up. I mean, I guess they did, you know. Nah, nah, it wouldn't work. What about an animated series? It's still it's still Disney. It's not going to be done right. And the coolest part about the Rogue One was that they had the technology to make that realistic. Like, if you watch 4, 5, and 6, you get just individual lightsaber movements. Like, 1, 2, it's very slow. Mm-hmm. And with this, it was, it was just a perfect entrance. It was completely dark. You hear the breathing. All of a sudden, you see the red lightsaber go on. You just... Now you're all in big, big trouble. And it just comes through, just comes through and just starts wrecking people. It was the coolest thing ever. All those rolls like, Nisa, I'm big doo-doo this time. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Well, and then, so you're right, like, because even, so the comparisons here, let's, let's do that. You said it's very slow and obviously to the era and the mm-hmm. original trilogy as far as lightsaber combat goes. Can't fall. And then it was overdone. In, in the prequels, I would say, to a point in some scenes, it's just like, like General Grievous having four fucking lightsabers, like, and just spinning them. Okay, this is... Please. That's dope as fuck. Just no, it's not. Cool. Why? It's cool. It's not. That's, that's dope it's, as fuck. That's cool. It's too much. He earned those lightsabers. He did he not, did. bro. He, it's, he got He's them. adding it Dude, to his General collection. General Grievous will run like he always does. I'm not saying he's not soft. I'm just saying he earned those lightsabers. Fucking Charmin, dude. Yeah. Anyways, and then what you get in Rogue One with that is like, you know, he's not fighting anyone with a lightsaber, but he, he, he's just got that thing and he's sick when he's choking fools out. He's throwing fools with the force. Like, yeah, I would love a series. Ed's right though. It had to be, it had to be rated R. Mm -hmm. Cause like if I'm a rebel about to get choked out and then like pulled into a lightsaber, I'm screaming fuck. Like, fuck! Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, plus it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of torture because he is torturing a lot of these Jedi, so just a lot of these different people to get this information to or, to try to, or to try to turn them to the dark side. Well, when would they? Because there really weren't a lot of Jedis when Darth Vader was Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Like, he's not really going to be going after Jedi. Well, no, he would because, so in a sense, like, in a sense, that's, and that's why you have to, I say this every time we talk about Star Wars, when you watch the animated series, is like, not so much Clone Wars, obviously, mm-hmm. Order 66 takes place at the end. But, like, in Rebels, like, there are a lot of Jedi that escaped Order 66. Okay. They are everywhere. And he has these, you know, people that work for him called Inquisitors. Even if you play Fallen Order, um, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. on PlayStation or whatever you fucking game on, I think they got it for Xbox, probably. <gasps> Anyways, there's Jedi all over the place, in hiding. And that's what he's doing. Like, the 501st obviously was under his command when he was still General Skywalker. And then, you know, once he becomes Vader, they become his fist, Vader's fist. Mm-hmm. I know this because I've read about it, but also, I mean, let's be real. Everyone played Battlefront 2 on PlayStation 2 when it came out. <laughs> so we know about Vader's fist. He went planet to planet, killing people that wouldn't conform to the Empire. And there happened to be a lot of Jedis just hiding out in these places. So that, that would be a series that you could do a lot with. Now, maybe... I don't know what they're doing with the Kenobi series. Obviously, like... I have no idea what... 
they would be doing with it. And that's why I tied in with this conversation with Vader because Hayden Christensen's coming back. So is it is it flashbacks? Is it is he going to be in the Darth Vader suit? Like, and they can't meet again. Like they can't meet again. No. So that would take all the importance out of the final meeting they had on the Death Star on New Hope, right? Like a presence I haven't felt since I got my fucking legs chopped off at a volcano. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten f- far I was away like, from I was Rogue like, One. But I was like, what are we talking about? Th- right that's now? okay. Where that's are okay. we? We can come back. Can come- <laughs> I do want to talk about some of the characters in Rogue One besides Vader. Obviously, Vader's not even in it, but he steals the show at the end. But you have these other characters that they're actually creating that new series about what's his name, Cassian. Yeah, mm, yeah, Andor. Cassian. Yeah, um, they're they like you said, like they introduced in this two-hour span a bunch of different like memorable characters. Really and well done. These characters all have a rich history. Like they feel like they're not one-dimensional. Like they all have their different motives. They all have different things they're striving for. And like Jen Erso and her father. And or was Saw Gerrera? is in there. He's in like, there for a second, for a little bit, but he finally meets his end. Yeah, I and mean, the Saw character dates back to Clone Wars. He's he's like. he's all around. Um, but they have some really good actors and actresses, like some heavy hitters in this movie. Yeah, I can't remember Jen Erso's name, but her dad, Matt Nicholson. Matt Nicholson. Uh, the G- officer, G- Galen Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, Gailer. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn's in there. Right. Forrest Whitaker is Saw Gerrera. I mean, they have a bunch of different great, right. great people. Uh, f- fun fact, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, Lars Mikkelsen, voices Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. And um, they're trying to push to get him to be the live-action Thrawn as well. Yeah, I was just seeing that. Yeah. Because his voice was just so perfect for the role. Anyways, I'm off topic again. <laughs> but no, great cast. I mean, I love Ben Mendelsohn. If you guys don't know who Ben Mendelsohn, he's one of those actors that's been in a lot. He's in everything. He's in everything. Kinda. Yeah. If you guys watch the series on HBO, The Outsider, he's the main cop. Uh, he's in The Dark Knight Rises for like ten minutes. He's one of the main, like he's the main bad guy in Ready Player One, the movie. That's right. Hmm. And he also is in Captain Marvel. Like he's a scroll. Now, granted, yeah. he's in makeup the whole time. Yeah. But he's in it. Like he's been around. He's yeah. And he's Australian, too. He can cover up that accent pretty well. I like it. I love actors that have that range. Hugh Jackman, dude. Hugh Jackman, dude. Wolverine, sorry. Yeah, chill. <laughs> sorry. Chill. <laughs> but as far as, like, the Jin Erso character, right, like, her motivations in this film are not so much, in the beginning, it's not so much about the rebellion, right? It's about her father, right? Because that's why she agrees to go on this mission, to, to find her father. Mm-hmm. And you get that scene in the very beginning where they get separated, right? Where the Empire pretty much comes and takes him. Like, hey, you're going to build this fucking Death Star. Right. And it's Sagarera that pretty much raises her from that point. So her motivations conflict with, with Cassian's, with Andor's, because he is straight up ruthless. Like, in the, his first scene, opening scene in that movie, he kills the other spy mm-hmm. to protect the secret. Yeah. And just seeing that in a, you know, Disney movie, in a Star Wars movie, we're not used to that kind of, like, we keep talking about greediness, realness, yeah. honestly. Like, yeah, of course, we saw Jango Fett's head get cut off, but that was very straightforward. That is just combat. We don't see this kind of espionage, this kind of darkness. And that's why you're it. excited about the series. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be like a spy thriller. Yeah. That's and those are th- new things that Star Wars can do. It's like as far as like the new, f- not formats, but like the new ways they're, they're doing things. Like that's what they did with Rogue One. 
Mm-hmm. And I hope that any other solo projects to come out are like this. And that's what I think we're going to see with these series that are coming out, right? Rogue One opened the door for everything outside of the saga that they want to produce. Yeah, a Star Wars story now. Right. Because yeah. then if you don't have a successful Rogue One, you don't get Mandalorian. You don't get Andor. You don't get, you know, Acolyte. You don't get all these things that are on the Disney slate for the next five years. Yeah, I, th- I think it really opened up to, like, just how much you can do with the Star Wars universe. Like, any anything's possible. Yeah. You know, so you, you could tie anything to anything. It's in, you know, unimaginable universe. Yeah. So you just... And but that's, that's yeah. Go ahead. That's my biggest thing is because like these trilogies just keep following you know this one family and it's a big galaxy. Why do I have said this so many times? Why the fuck do we keep going back to Tatooine? I'm I'm done with Tatooine. It's familiar. It's let's get. You just don't like it because you hate sand. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing to do there. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> and yeah. There's two sons and no women. <laughs> but it's just yeah. They don't, they, they don't take their whole like credits. They need something more real. Yeah, it's it's a whole galaxy with all of these different alien life forms and different creatures and societies and governments and whatever. Let's Anything explore that. And history. Yeah. It's it's so much history as well. They're going to do the High Republic. That's what I mean. We haven't gotten a live action anything that's set in the High Republic era. Yeah. Or, for that matter, like during the Sith Wars or the first Jedi-Sith War. Like, that's shit I'd like. It's like, you know, you see what kind of they're doing with George uh, R. R. Martin's create a universe mm-hmm. as long as as far as a song and ice and fire like they're making a dance of, with dragons like the fire and blood series they're doing that they had the series they're going to do about the long night the first one and it's like i'd like to see star wars do more of that shit because the the universe is so rich you literally like you guys said could just pluck from anywhere and be like we're going to explore this and people will fucking watch it you know why because it's fucking star wars all you gotta do is put that label on and everyone's gonna be like well i'm gonna go see this mm-hmm. yeah that's that's pretty much it. And they can write characters like they did in this movie, in Rogue One, that you can care about. Home run. Boom. Disney, hire me, please. <clears throat> Lucasfilm, hire me, please. Anyways. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Actually, I'm saving that. I was gonna... I was, there are so many questions that I would just want to, like, say, but I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck do you have for, uh... I don't have any. Oh. I'm thinking them up as I go. I just thought of one that I almost asked. Gonna save that back Very pocket, good. Back here. Very good. So, what did you see in this movie? Like, when did you know, like, fuck, this was this is gonna be good? On your first watch. So, for me, it was the the connection that we talked about between three and four. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, knowing knowing what three was, knowing what four was. So, like, this is gonna connect that, and within. I would say within like the first hour of the movie, how it was Jen Urso kind of putting together her own little A team, and you know like it was just recruiting the Rogue One squad to go accomplish the mission. So I I just thought that was cool. I like when people come together right. like that to accomplish a common goal. I think that is one of the best things in like any kind of movie or series or anything is just like. You know, in the 80s, it was just like a montage. Yeah. Just like, we got this guy. Oh, this guy's our demolitions expert. Mm -hmm. Oh, this. But it's it's that same concept of getting all these different people together all at once. And I I do love that, all these different characters. And for me, I think what hooked me, I knew that it was going to be good, was when, you know, I was watching it. I honestly did lose myself 
in it, watching it, and forgot what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And once, after they had gathered all of these people for their A-team, I was like, oh, fuck. I know, I mean, I know how this ends, you know? Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to make it. Yeah. And so at that point, once I realized that, I because I lost myself completely in the movie. So once I realized that again, I was like, oh, shit, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. For me, it was it was actually a controversial point in the film that really, like, captured me. It was, and like I said, I say controversial because a lot, there was a lot of backlash against it when they digitally brought back in uh, Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that actor has passed away. And it didn't take me out of the film, but when it introduced him being, like, the one-up over Ben Mendelsohn's character, I was like, fuck, he's mean. Like, this shit's real. Like... That's when I was like, I'm fucking in. I'm fucking, he got Tarkin in here. And then there was, and then later on Vader comes in and he makes a pun. And you know, I love puns. So. <laughs> you know, I love puns. puns. So like, he gets, hits him with the choking pun. Like, gives him one of these. <laughs> and so, it was just the cameos, which I know we're trying to get away from because it's a different character, different set of characters that we want, we want to enjoy. But also, it was just those little things. Because they weren't, Tarkin didn't take away from the whole story. He added to it you know, in a great way. Vader stealing the show at the end was perfect. That's all we needed. We didn't need him to be in the whole fucking film. Mm-hmm. This is what we needed as Star Wars fans and as like Vader fucking purists, knowing the power of Vader that we never got to see in live action. Yeah. Right. Cause you can watch rebels. I can see him do badass shit, but it's again, it's animated. Mm-hmm. And then you can read all the books and Oh yeah. He destroyed a whole planet. Okay, cool. I didn't see it. Like, you know, I want to, I want to actually, yeah witnesses happen right and then just i mean even when they are making the extraction of the data from what's the planet they're on the winter palm trees and the beaches what's that planet called oh god fucking a it was scarif okay so yeah when they're having the battle over scarif they even have cameos from some of the fucking x-wing pilots that that take out the death star in a new hope and they use just archival footage to bring those guys in and it was very like it was very visually appealing too, like the bright colors, you know, like the beach and like the blue water. From the palm and, trees. Yeah, like everything. It was it was super visually appealing too. It's so like when they landed there, you were you were kind of hooked on that. He was like, "Oh, this is really cool." Like, I yeah. I can't say that I do love the fact that like in the Star Wars universe, every planet's topography is like the whole planet is that. Like you have the whole desert planet, you have right. a whole ice planet, Mom's you have a whole city planet, planet yeah. and now we have a whole beach planet. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's completely ridiculous. It is. But I, I like the change that I feel like most movies do. It's like, okay, it might be bright and colorful and happy in the beginning, and then when it, once it gets to the end, then everything is in a lot of different grays. This kind of, I feel like, is the opposite. It's in more of these gray tones in the beginning, then we get to this beautiful planet at the end. So I just kind of like the swap and dynamic of that. I do like that, too. And, like, you know, they all end up dying on that. A a character that became a fan favorite immediately was uh, It Man. uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. What's his name? Oh, I don't remember his name, but I'm one with the the blind guy. The the blind guy. The blind guy. Who is one with the force and the forces with him. Yes. Yeah, that dude. Badass. Badass. Mm -hmm. The first time he takes out stormtroopers is when they are on the planet before. I think they're on Jetta. And he he just blind as fucking day, just beating the shit out of him with his staff. Donnie and dude. Yeah, that's another thing that, like, that's another great actor. I forgot about him as well. Yeah. And the dude that's with him, it's just like a, he's just... Yeah, they were like a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had their own 
dynamic that they brought to their team. Yeah, and he's just a hard ass with his big ass gun. Star Wars has always been really good about that. Like, all the way back to where um, George Lucas created Yoda and was like, I want to create this character who doesn't seem to really bring anything to the team, but is actually like a really powerful being. Integral, yeah. And that's what they did with... Donnie Yen. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it was like, this blind guy, like, what's he gonna do? And then all of a sudden he just shows out and takes out all these guys with the staff. I mean, it's, like, yeah, because wow. he's the one that enables them to beam the fucking plans mm-hmm. off of Scarif yep. because he goes out there, right? And then it's just wild, like, to think in a film like this that's produced by Disney that is in the Star Wars universe that we get to this ending where it's not, I mean, it. there's a silver lining, right? We get the plans, but everyone dies, and I, and I think we all agree. We fucking love that that, that darkness is there. Yeah. But also, you know that that wasn't, like, what Disney wanted, right? Like, they showed them, they showed the fucking execs at Disney this this cut. And they were like, can we have one where they all live? Yeah. And they were like, Gareth Edwards was like, well, no. Because where would they go yeah, no. the, with the rest <laughs> of like, it? Like, no. Yeah. Like, one, yes, that. Yeah. But also, like, this makes it a darker, grittier film. This is what, this is what you would expect. This is, this is the reality of fucking war. And it draws in a broader audience because of that. Yeah. Hmm. It's like watching, like, Saving Private Ryan. You know, like, the realities of World War II. Not everyone's making it back. Yeah. We don't get that in any of the Star Wars as we've seen in this fucking saga, of the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, we get to see that. Like, shit's not always fucking roses and... Roses. Roses. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always... That is true. It is not always roses and roses. roses. No. And that's a saying, right? That's, that's now. It it's is, it's it native is. to eastern Washington. It, okay, good. It started, born in Spokane. Yeah. In the Lilac City. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what makes this, that's what part of what makes this movie great, I think. And then you <clears throat> just seamlessly transition right into New Hope. How'd you guys feel about Princess Leia? I, I didn't mind it one bit. A lot of people, I know there was a lot of complaints about the like the, the, the CGI, the CGI for you, you said Tarkin, the, yeah, Tarkin and Leia, and Leia, and I, I watched it even after reading that people the criticism, yeah, people had discrepancies with the CGI. I was like, I don't see any issues. It it looks solid. Like I straight up like when Tarkin came on screen, I was like, mm. wait, I'm pretty sure he's dead. I know that dude. Yeah, I was like, I know this dude, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, I think he died. Uh, like. 98% sure he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then I was like... Because oh, he was right. old in A New Hope. Exactly. Very yeah. Much so. and, but they got permission from his estate, like from his family. They oh, gave him permission cool. to do this. So like, it's like, okay, it'd be one thing if the family came out and was like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. But they didn't. They gave the okay. So it should be fine with everybody else. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about the ethics of it and whatnot. It's like, bro, he's, he's a character in this, in this story and we have permission to use him and we had the rights to the character and we're going to use him should they have recast him i don't know if you do because you know new fans they won't make the connection mm-hmm. they could say the name but they don't know who the fucking target yeah, is yeah and i don't i don't think another actor would carry that weight no if he played a more substantial role i think you could look into recasting him but the fact that it was just that brief moment to make that connection I think it was perfect yeah. the way it was done. Just the way he was big dicking fucking Ben Mendelsohn's character. Director Krennic. Yeah, Krennic. He's like, oh, Krennic, great job. You mean it's my great job now. Like, Yeah, yeah. I'd it's, like, it's like he was like our job at work where oh. they're like, hey, I made this. And he like goes to the oh. emperor, hey, I made this. Hey, look what I did. Oh, it's I all did too this. familiar. It hurts so much. 
Good stuff. And and so with the same, it goes back to Princess Leia. Her cameo is even shorter than that. It's like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. It's not much. No. It's not much. And it was fine with it too because then Just enough. they blast off into hyperspace, and then boom, it's, yeah, the Bob's your uncle starts right yeah. into New Hope. It was seamless. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember because I didn't see it right when it came out. I think I waited like a week or two, and some of Lindsay's family had seen it, and they were like, "Listen, idiot, go see this." <laughs> the ending's perfect and I'm like okay and they're like no 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 you're dumb go see it right now so I, I got I got pressured from, from all sides right and then the thing about it is the older generation like before us that actually grew up when 4, 5, and 6 came out I can see that they weren't very excited about it I had to do some convincing to my parents like hey watch Rogue One and they were like no like they're purists they're Star mm-hmm. Wars purists they don't fucking like the prequels Prequels is our generation, but yes. guaranteed, they, you know, make them, you had to push them, but, you know, they would enjoy it too. I mean, even more so than the happy-go-lucky feeling you get from the saga, this one just kind of brings you back to reality. And it, it's a perfect introduction into this different anthology of a Star Wars story. It just is its own story. Mm-hmm. It plays a part in this bigger natural war, but it is its own separate story that it can be viewed in two hours it's not like it's needs to be this very long series yeah not doesn't need to be a series or anything i mean i i don't even know how that would be stretched into a series some of the other ones that they're coming out out with that the series that are going to be a series of course you couldn't have the mandalorian be a movie yeah it just it just wouldn't work out like that but this is fantastic Mm. i think solo would have worked perfect as a series. And maybe not even like a whole series, like a, like a mini-series. Like, it's like what WandaVision right now is just going to be one season and done. Yeah. I think a 10-episode season of Solo would have been perfect. It would have been it would have been better than what we're trying got. to cram it all into there, one There's so many like, different stories about Han Solo, this, you know, rugged smuggler who does all these different things, and trying to compact that into one movie is difficult. Right. With a series, you could then have one episode like when he meets Chewie. Then you can have an episode where he meets Lando. Mm-hmm. And then you can have an episode later on where... Where he backstabs somebody. Yeah. like you can, he's ruthless. You can show all these things. And that was probably one of the... It sucks because Rogue One was so universally acclaimed mm-hmm. that they were like, all right, cool, let's throw Solo out. And yep. then it was like, oh, it wasn't that good. Like, And that's why I think that now we are getting these series. They've kind of seen, like, you know, we need to tell a story over a period of time. Rogue One was just at the perfect time with, with a great cast with the perfect story that didn't need to be drawn out. It was just, it was a thousand things happening to make it, you know, great. Yeah, it really fell into place. And it's kind of easy. You have your ending already. So yeah. that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. 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 Didn't really think about it like that. Like, you already, <laughs> yeah, you know the direction you need to take it. So you just figure out how to get it there. Yeah. yeah. That's what uh, D&D did not do. That's what Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones fell short on. Yikes. Always comes back to Game of Thrones. It always does. Mm-hmm. I had seen a post on Reddit and it was like, what was around 10 years ago that isn't, like, doesn't exist today? And it was, like, the love for Game of Thrones. It's <laughs> oh. real life. It's real life. Oh. I mean, whenever you talk about Game of Thrones, is anyone sitting there saying, I really loved seasons one through five. They were great. No, it's about how much they hated seven and eight. Yeah. So. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think we can probably jump into Hot Route now. We'll get some Hot Routes. Blue 17! 
17. I don't. What is hot route? Hot route. Red seven. Red seven. Red seven. Hot route. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Okay. So first hot route. Who's y'all's favorite character from this film? Mm. Is uh, Darth Vader's off the table? Yeah, he is. Why? Because he's in the film for like five minutes. Not even. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I really dig. I really dig Saw Gerrera. He's only in it for like five minutes. He's too. only in it for five minutes as well. But that was the first time that I had ever seen his character. I know he's in Jedi Fallen Order. I know he is in Rebels and, Rebels Clone, Wars. and Clone Wars. He's in, so he's been in all these different media. He's in the mythology. Exactly. But seeing his end, how clouded his judgment and just what he, he had been absorbed by the Rebellion. The rebellion. Right. And like not he, even just like the Rebellion, but like he was radical. Yeah, he, he became radical. That's what happened to him, and it showed that other side. He's like the Al-Qaeda. Because we keep thinking, you know, the Empire is is bad. It's evil. It's the worst. And we never see that kind of radical piece of the rebellion of like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Do anything. Right. Whatever it takes. So I think showing that aspect of it makes him my favorite character. It, it reminds me of like, and this is taking a history lesson, but it reminds me of Revolutionary War, right? Where you had like your purest blue coats that were still fighting the British like across a field from each other just like shooting at each other while they're standing there Mm -hmm. and then you had like your continental armies which were just pretty much essentially like your militia Mm -hmm. that did like these tactics that were not accepted as warfare yeah yep and they were like ambushing dudes on roads and like not you know doing the stupid bullshit where you just stand in front of each other and shoot each other it kind of reminds me of that and like I said it earlier it's like if you look at it through the lens of today Saw Gerrera in his cell is like a cell of Al-Qaeda or like a terrorist organization. Essentially, that's how they looked at by the Empire. Now, I'm not comparing the two. Obviously, Al-Qaeda fucking needs to die. But <laughs> um, what I'm saying is like the same kind of thing, like radicalism. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, so that's kind of how I see it. What about you, favorite character? So I had to pull it up just because I wanted to make sure I get names right. But True. Okay, what I really liked, and I'll narrow it down to one. What I really liked was after thinking about how the movie was, um, like the, the plot of the movie they they teamed up a lot of characters. So, like, Jin and Cassian were, like, a team yeah. for a while. And then you had, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's Chirrut Imwe. That's Donnie Yen. It's Donnie Yen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Chirrut Imwe, and then I don't know if it's Baz or Bazi Malbus. The know. other guy. Yeah, so the other guy, like, <laughs> they were a team, but definitely uh, Chirrut Imwe. He, oh, yeah, he's great. He was a badass, and he was funny, and he just, like, everything... You know, all all wrapped up together. Yeah, well, so I like that. That, that. That's my narrow down one. It's a good answer. So, next hot route, we got this Rogue One. I asked Ed a few weeks ago, like, what he would like to see from the Star Wars universe on screen. He talked about a Vader series. More on that later. But, like, besides the Ed's answer of the Vader series, what is something you would like to see? And I've asked this to Ed before, but now that we have you on the show, I imagine we'll get different results. And I want to hear if Ed has something different to say that I've taken Vader off the table. Um, I, I agree. I'm also excited for a Vader series. I think he's awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with the Kenobi series. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode three is my all time favorite character. 
So nice. Yes. I, I'm excited. Sith Kenobi. Yeah, I, I want to see the continuance of that. I think he's... Dude, Clone Wars Kenobi is the sassiest motherfucker. Really? He's super sassy. Oh my god. I, I think... I mean, I'm kind of right in the same vein with you, mm-hmm. but before that, I would like to see Qui-Gon and Kenobi training together, doing all these things together. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, Qui-Gon's... Be- so much. Before, yeah. before anything that we've actually seen. Before, before the Phantom the Menace. prequels. Before the Phantom Menace, like, Obi-Wan as a Padawan. How did, how did he come... How did he become the man that he showed us throughout the entire trilogies? There'd have to be a Satine arc in there too. For Clone Wars fans, you know what I'm talking about. So right. yeah, I would I would love to see just adventures of Qui Gon and Obi Wan. <laughs> well, it's definitely that's definitely a hard question to answer, especially with everything that Disney's done. They've taken no expectations and given you so much stuff. So it's like I don't I don't know what I want to see. Like whatever they put out. I'm excited for it now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm definitely going to go into it with an open mind and be like, let's see what you guys made here. Right. I like that. Good. I mean, based around, Kenobi is like universally loved. So those, those He's are the best Jedi. He mm-hmm. is. He is. Yeah. So last hot route, and this one's going to take a little bit. Okay. I took Vader off the table earlier for that last one. Vader's back on the table. I oh, want you shit. to pitch me your series. Well, I already know. We'll start with Ed because he already says it needs to be rated R. But pitch it to me. <laughs> Tell me what it needs to be. Tell me what you want. The Vader series. Yeah. So it... and just a disclaimer: like this is not happening. This is not something that's rumored. Like this is us <laughs> being uh, fanboys. Continue. <laughs> so pretty much, it it's it's not it's not gonna have a very continuous arc. It's gonna pick up basically right after Revenge of the Sith, and it's gonna hit a lot of those points because he's going through huge life changes right now. <laughs> he is Vader now. He is a Sith Lord. And just learning how to be a Sith. So that would be a very big part of, you know, a season. And then a next season might pick up a couple years later. Like, the first season could end, like, okay, now he's gonna go on the hunt. And then the second season could pick up like a couple years later. And maybe this is a way that they could do it. It doesn't have to show all of the hunts that he's done, all of the torturing and just pillaging that he's done to all these different worlds and civilizations. It could just pick up later with maybe a specific Jedi, Ahsoka, uh, anybody. Cal. Cal. So it could pick up with a specific Jedi and then play off of that Jedi, like them trying to get at each other okay so that's just a way that the first maybe couple seasons could go okay pitch me andrew i would like to see darth vader in the role of the anti-hero like every every character that nicholas cage plays the good guy bad guy right i want to see him struggle with his internal demons being like okay i'm a sith now but i'm i also like know where i came from kind of and i want him to i guess yeah i just i want to see him struggle through the process like he's gonna do bad stuff because he's a bad guy but i also want to see him do good things and help people even if he doesn't directly know he's doing that i see what you're saying and i think if you combine both your ideas like that whole first season he was talking about it's Vader with those conflicts it because could, yeah. he's not fully dark yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That first season is him struggling with that. And then at the end of that first season, something clicks, something snaps, and he becomes the Vader that we know for 
three decades after that. Dude, what the hell would snap though? He already killed younglings. Well, he just goes back and he forth. He's still Anakin like, Skywalker when he killed yeah. younglings, dog. <laughs> right, but like... And who doesn't want to do that? Like, he'll remember where he came from. He'll remember, like, the Padme. good memories. Padme, Obi-Wan, right? He'll, like, he'll remember good things and that'll kind of snap him out of it, but he continuously struggles because he's under... Just the, like flashes of this, of flashes of who he was in an anti-hero series. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way, and that's actually really good. Like, the conflict, because we know that he's still having conflict when mm-hmm. Luke senses him. Yes. So he's probably been having that conflict the entire time he was Vader, mm-hmm. which is an interesting dynamic that has never been explored or really talked about. Maybe in novelizations, but I'm not going to read them. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like for example, say he... He's hunting down a Jedi, right? You, you take a you take a series, and it's like I'm gonna go after this person, right? He goes after this person, but he goes to this planet to go after this person, and there becomes like a bigger villain than him. So then he has to take out that that villain or monster or beast or something that ends up overshadowing his um, an- antagonist role, like like the crate dragon. Mm. Or like a creature like that, like a rancor, or like a, the huts. Like there's some, yeah. There's a whole crime syndicate yeah. still to fucking like worry Maul's about. still out there up until. Well, no, he's not. No, he's not even there. Well, a while. It, it, he's there for a while. Like Maul doesn't officially die until pretty much essentially right before Rogue One. In the chronology of that, and that's just me being a nerd and knowing all this stuff. But we'll we'll leave it there. Great answers. Now I want a Vader series. Maybe we can Lucasfilm hire us. <clears throat> we'll pitch it. And we'll pitch that. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of another episode. So, Andrew, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. Great topic today. Yeah, yeah. We, we strayed off a little bit, but we kept it Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Love having guests on for all these different Star Wars episodes, and it just brings a new insight into everything that we talk about. Super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Ed. Got it right again. Nice. And this has been Almost Agreeable. Well, what do you know? Another episode down. You can catch all new episodes every week on Thursdays. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Almost Agreeable.